You're listening to the Clear Your Blocks to Glowing Health podcast with Anna King. Anna is a wellness coach and EFT practitioner who specializes in helping you clear what's blocking you from a level of health you can love. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the disclaimer located at AnnaKingCoaching.com or in the show notes below and agree to take full responsibility for your health and well-being. Thank you and enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is podcast number 43 and part two of Messages of Emotions. So if you didn't get to listen to part one, go back to episode 42 and check it out. So the reason I decided to do this little series on emotions is because I find that many people feel like emotions are a little bit inconvenient or there are unprocessed beliefs about feeling emotions or maybe it can be a bit overwhelming to thinking about how to process them. And so I really wanted to unpack some of the things that have been really helpful for me in my own journey because I will say that this has been a hard-won journey for me in terms of understanding and processing and honoring my own emotions and stressors learning how to work with them and and it's been so worth it because it's affected my own health, my own emotional resilience, my own relationships in ways that I really didn't know were possible. And so I definitely want to share that this information with you in whatever way uh, it resonates with you and hopefully it's it's helpful and it demystifies some of the things that can feel overwhelming when we talk about emotions and and uh, what to do with them. So just to recap a little bit about what we talked about in podcast 42, we were talking about how, you know, emotions are, they're messengers. They're kind of like the, the physical symptoms that we experience that are giving us a signal that something we're doing is not in alignment for our life. And so just like we have physical symptoms, we have emotional symptoms, and those are the messengers really pointing us uh, in the direction of thriving. They're not condemnation, their information leading to transformation. And the second thing is that emotions are not right or wrong. They are just indicators. So we need to stop judging our emotions and really uh, learn how to understand and and seek to sort of uh, go deeper and uh, and rather than deny or suppress or, you know, stuff down. And um, the third thing being that uh, emotions are just energy in motion. So they, they're sort of asleep inside of us if we've repre- repressed them or suppressed them. And then they rise to the surface, not to condemn us, but to be healed. And so if we know how to do that, it's a lot easier to navigate this whole lovely world of emotions. And, uh, you know, think about how life would be so black and white without an emotional component to our lives. So everything from relationship connection to the the things we love about our life or about nature or about God or about um, just the little things that light us up. Those, are, those all have emotional components. They're part of our human experience. So if you take emotion out of it, you're living with a very black and white world. So um, emotions are not something to, to, um, to rule our life, but they're definitely make it so much more nuanced and beautiful and, and thank God that we have them. We just have to know how to navigate them. So today we're going to do that. We're going to talk specifically about how to navigate some of the main emotions that pop up 
And of course, this is not comprehensive. This is just to give you a little sneak peek. And uh, I want to share with you some of the things that I share with my own clients about questions to ask yourself when you're dealing with certain emotions so that you can have compassion for them and you can more deeply understand the message that they're bringing. So, um, you know, one of the first ones we need to talk about is anxiety. And uh, so many people I know deal with anxiety and many people, you know, feel like they they should have a diagnosis or do have a diagnosis of anxiety or uh, depression. And uh, anxiety can be a very challenging thing to deal with because it feels like um, there is an overlay of fear in in all of life. And and um, and so certain personalities, of course, can be can tend more towards anxiety. But of course, living in the world that we live in, it is it's difficult to not have some level of anxiety. So um, there are two kinds of fear, you know, um, and fear and anxiety are, are the same thing. So there's two kinds. One is what we call functional fear. And functional fear is the fear that you kind of need that that keeps you safe, that warns you of imminent danger or the consequences of behavior that's not going to be great. So this is the the functional fear that says, don't go jump off that cliff. Don't run in the middle of the street when there's a car coming. Uh, don't make that purchase because you're probably, um, you know, that's, that's going to make you go bankrupt or <laughs> don't eat that food because you're going to feel terrible. So there's a functional fear. And I would say that that fear is a little bit more like caution or intuition or just a sense of um, cause and effect. So there's, uh, that's, that's something we need as humans. We need that functional kind of fear. And functional fear is a little bit more clean, meaning there's not a, a buzzy energy inside the body. There's not a constant overlay of that's, that feeling or sensation of anxiety inside the system. It's more of a sense of like, mm, that's not a good idea. If I do that, then there's just going to be negative consequences, painful consequences. I don't want to do it. And so functional fear is something we need, and that's wonderful. Uh, it's good to have, right? We all need it. And you, you know, if you're a parent, you instill it in your kids because you want them to have a healthy fear of things that would be damaging. Um, and uh, so that's good. The second type of fear, though, is what we call a neurotic fear. And neurotic fear is that overlay of anxiety that that is like the fear of of weird things happening um, or the the nervousness about lots of things around life. And that's more of a programmed pattern of fear and anxiety. And remember, emotions are stored in the body. And so you may consciously know that everything is fine and golden, but inwardly you feel that vibration of uh, fear and anxiety inside the body. And that kind of fear and anxiety is not something that you have to live with. Um, I don't care who you are. Uh, if you are willing to... Um, to process those fears, then what you can do is you can repattern and reprogram that old um, vibration of fear, that that programming that gets stuck inside your system, and uh, and reprogram it towards peace. And that is genuinely available to everyone. So 
if you've been through um, trauma in your life, then, then many times there's a lot of fear stored in the body and, and everyone has been through some level, right? We have little T trauma, we have big T trauma. Um, you know, living in this world is, is going to create some level of trauma. And um, what the subconscious mind does is its number one job is to keep you safe. So if it believes that staying on high alert or even low-level uh, vigilance um, internally is going to keep you safe, then it will hold that pattern of anxiety inside your system. And so remember, you don't need fear to keep you safe. You need intuition. You need a sense of connection with your gut, with the, with the life of God in you, with your inner compass. That's what you need to keep you safe. But we have to reprogram the deeper mind in order to help it understand that there is another way of staying safe other than the anxiety. So a couple questions to ask yourself when you're feeling anxiety is, number one, is this a functional fear or a neurotic fear? So the functional fear will feel more like an intuition. It'll be cleaner inside. It won't have that buzzy, vibratory feel inside. It'll feel a little cleaner, a little bit lighter. Neurotic fear will feel like you can, you can feel the energy of anxiety in your body. And that's the thing you want to work on. And in part three of this uh, series, we're going to talk about how to actually process those emotions so that they can clear out of the body. Second question to ask yourself is, is this an intuition or a familiar old pattern? So if the fear is like an intuition, like a sense, um, I don't need a, like that decision is not uh, the direction that, that I need to go right now. It's not, it's not the path for me. You might have a, a sense about it, but it's not going to feel like a familiar old pattern. So just asking yourself those self-inquiry questions can help you understand whether it's the old pattern of neurotic fear or if it's functional, if it's intuition, right? So hopefully that helps in terms of anxiety. Again, this is a big, broad overview. It's a lot more we could talk about. I just want to give you a little bit of, a little sneak peek into some ideas and keep it really simple. The second emotion I want to talk about is anger. And you could call, you know, you could say anger, frustration, rage, the whole gamut of, of that kind of powerful, you know, intense, fiery emotion. I find anger to be a very misunderstood emotion. It's one that really needs more um, understanding, more um, insight into what it's there for. It's a super important one to feel, even though it gets a, a bad, bad reputation. But it's important. So anger is actually on that that scale that I talked about on podcast 42 and part one. Anger is actually higher vibrating than fear, guilt, or shame. It's actually higher on the scale of emotions. So if you if you go from fear to anger, that's great. You're moving up. And um, anger has two primary roles. One is that it's protecting a more vulnerable emotion, such as fear or sadness, grief. Um, or, or number two, it is showing up when something we deeply value has been violated. So if you're feeling really angry about something and you keep telling your anger to shut up and sit down, that anger is not going to go away until you understand the deeper, the, the deeper vulnerable emotion that it's protecting or unless you validate the value that is being violated at that time. So two questions to ask yourself when you feel angry. 
Number one is what more vulnerable emotion is this anger protecting? And you might notice underneath the anger, because anger is always a protecting emotion, you might notice that there is sadness and you want to be able to process that sadness. Or you might notice that there is fear or you feel really alone or isolated and you need to process that. But it's always protecting a more vulnerable emotion, especially if you haven't felt safe to process those more vulnerable emotions. And then number two, that second question, when you feel angry, ask yourself, what do I deeply value that is being violated? Meaning there may be something that's super important to you and, um, and, and it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a deep value of yours and, and someone doesn't understand maybe how valuable that is to you. And so then you feel angry because it's, it's speaking up for something that you deeply value. So the, the understanding of anger can really help it dial down. It can help you put up boundaries and not walls, but boundaries to be able to protect what you deeply value and to validate what you're feeling and really get to the bottom of it. So that has always helped me when I'm trying to process um, any sort of anger that, that comes up. And I think anger is really important because think about how there are many things even in our culture and, and in the world that that uh, um, have been changed because someone got angry enough to say, this is not okay anymore. And um, even though you don't want to stay in anger, it needs to continue to propel upward into courage and acceptance and joy and love. We want to keep moving forward, but sometimes the anger is needed in order to uh, propel you to the next level. And so you see that a lot with activism and people trying to create change. There's a lot of energy of anger. Um, and so that that's okay so long as it continues to move forward into the upward spiral. Okay. So the other one is that I want to bring up um, here in terms of navigating the messages of emotions is grief and sadness. And I think our culture is really bad about honoring grief and sadness. And sometimes people will say very um, unconscious uh, things because there can be a very strong discomfort with grief and sadness. And, uh, you know, you see this a lot when when um, someone has lost a loved one, a spouse or a child, and, and um, people can get very, they, they feel so uncomfortable sometimes with just being with the sadness and grief and what we call truth-based pain. Um, it's truly sad and it's terrible and it's something we're having to navigate that, that you know, it's easy to try to try to explain it away or say things that are really unhelpful at the time just because of the discomfort of being with grief and sadness. But with grief and sadness, the only way out is through. And so I'm always encouraging uh, my clients and the people I work with that the fastest way to allow healing is just to allow those that sadness to flow through you. The, the only way out is through. And so sometimes with grief or sadness, we feel like it will swallow us whole if we allow it to be there. But often if we just move into it and let it be there and we process it, we just are honoring the, the um, value of it 
then it can flow on through. So I think one of the worst things is to try to um, either emotionally bypass or spiritually bypass grief and sadness when the only way out is through. So you need to allow yourself to cry and to grieve in whatever way and for however long um, that feels right for you and then and then let it pass on through when it's ready. And it will be ready. You won't get stuck unless you um, develop beliefs about it. And so I think that grief is just a valuable thing to talk about and, and uh, honor. Okay, the last thing are triggers. Let's talk about triggers. So a trigger is an emotional response that doesn't necessarily have to do with the present situation. It is an echo of the past. And I think it's super important to talk about triggers because if we don't know how to work with them, then they can ruin or um, affect in a negative way our relationships with um, our you know, family and our, with our spouse, with our um, work, you know, in our work relationships, our relationship with ourselves, it really can be problematic if we think that whatever emotional response that's coming up is about the present moment. When often, when we get triggered, it is not about the present situation, it's about the past. And here's how this works. So, you know, we absorb beliefs and emotions that are stored in the memory container um, from the time that we're conceived all the way up. So from zero to five years old, remember your brain is, is very spongy. It's absorbing a lot of things. So it's absorbing beliefs and emotions that you might not even be aware of. And then over time, sometimes those false beliefs, those lie-based beliefs, those uh, reinforce over time. And so if you believe for whatever reason that you're not enough or you're not good enough or that um, the, the world is not a safe place or that uh, um, there's a lot of lack and there's never enough, then you will experience things in life that will reinforce that belief. So if you have that belief, then you're going to feel emotions that are consistent with that. And so then someone in the present moment might say something that really triggers one of those beliefs and it sort of courses through your system and comes to the surface. And it's coming to the surface, again, not to condemn you, it's coming to the surface to be healed. Every trigger is an opportunity for healing and for growth and for freedom if we know how to work with it. Again, it is it is information, not condemnation, leading to transformation. So you can kind of think of a trigger as almost like um, like the memory of whatever happened is like a snow globe and the emotions and, and beliefs that are inside there just kind of get shaken up and so everything sort of pops up to the surface. So when you know how to work with triggers, then you can deal with them really um, kindly and compassionately and you're not going to... Um, react or deny or suppress, you're going to be able to actually move through it and be healed in the process. So it's important to note that the subconscious mind is not the age you are now. It's all the ages you've ever been. So when you're triggered, you're not, you're likely not operating out of your mature self, your mature adult self. You're somewhere back there. And so that's why it's sometimes hard to feel like you can operate really um, clearly and in a centered way when you feel triggered. So knowing how to work with triggers is a really important um, emotional intelligence 101 kind of thing. And again, 
Um, that was not something I was great at for a really long time. So I really had to learn how to handle triggers. And to this day, I'm still practicing. It's just a practice, right? Okay. So a couple questions to ask yourself when it comes to uh, triggers is if you noticed an emotional response, um, ask yourself the question, how old do I feel right now? And if you notice a certain age that just naturally pops up, you might notice a memory or a belief. Sometimes that'll give you a a little insight. And uh, there are some things that you can kind of observe and notice and process on your own. And there's some things that you really need to get some support, you know? So make sure that if it's something big, like a trauma, that you get support. Um, The other question you can ask yourself is, what does this remind me of? So when, when you get triggered, ask yourself, what does this kind of remind me of? Or who does it remind me of? And sometimes you will get insight as to where that trigger or where that belief came in or what this is bringing up for you that may be a maybe lie-based belief. It's lie-based pain. It's not, um, it's not truth and it is, uh, it's affecting your life in a negative way and it's coming up to be healed. Okay, I actually have one more. <laughs> Hang in there, everyone. All right. The other thing we want to talk about here are what I call absorbed emotions. So absorbed emotional energy is um, when, especially when you're a really compassionate or maybe empathic person, you sense and feel other people's feelings and emotions. And while that can be a superpower, it has a light side and a dark side. So the light side is that you're very loving and compassionate and uh, you can sense things about people and you can tune into them. Uh, the dark side is that you can tend to absorb their stuff when it's not yours. So um, those of you, you know who I'm, you know who you are. So if you tend to absorb other people's emotions, then here's a couple questions to ask. One is, you know, ask yourself when you're noticing that you're feeling off and you sense you might have absorbed someone else's emotions, along with asking yourself what you're feeling, ask yourself, who am I feeling? And usually you'll get insight really quickly, like, oh, I'm still feeling uh, that person that I chatted with earlier that was going through a really hard time. I've taken on their anxiety or their stress or maybe their victimhood, and um, I don't need to absorb that. I need to stay in my own bubble space because it doesn't help them or me or anyone else for me to absorb that and that um, emotional stress or tension. So asking yourself, who am I feeling, can really help you um, uh, distinguish between other people's emotions and your own. And what I like to do is I like to just in my mind and heart, I just like to kind of give it back to them and just bless and release it. Just be like, you know, I can't carry this for them. I can't fix it, but I can send them love, send them a prayer and I give it back to them. And I ask that they will have all the grace that they need in order to navigate that. And that just helps um, you stay in your bubble space. It helps uh, be able to have very clear boundaries and uh, know what's yours and what's someone else's and um, you can have compassion and I like to say you can care without carrying and uh, those are really important things to note so okay friends this is uh, a lot so just take some deep breaths and um, maybe even write down those questions so that you can utilize them if they resonate with you and in part three of this podcast we will talk about how to process 
the emotions stored in the body. There's lots of tools to process, but we actually have to clear it out of the body. We, it's not enough to know, we have to clear through. And so um, I'll share more about that in the next podcast. All right, that's all for now. Until next time, I'm sending lots of love to you all. If you want to go from concept to experience, from idea to action, get coaching, community, and retreats by joining the Core Community, a health-conscious, heart-centered, growth-minded community that will help you thrive. Go to AnnaKingCoaching.com to find out more.